If you could do anything you wanted to do without anything holding you back, what would it be? Everyone has a purpose in life, and others want to hear the purposeful value that is in you. Now, here is the host of the Value in You show, your guiding coach and mentor, Ellis Kirkpatrick. I just love that music. <laughs> it's so good. Well, welcome, everyone. We're here today with Albert Mesa. Is that correct, Albert? Yes, that's correct. All right. All right. He's going to be my guest today. And I want you to know where I'm at. You notice a different background. And I'm sitting on an upstairs deck in Virginia. I'm out here visiting family. And you're going to hear a lot of life behind me. And that's good because we live life in life. This is the way it goes on. Hopefully it won't be too loud or distracting. I heard sirens go by a while ago, but I hope that's it. Got a jacket on because it's overcast and cloudy, but it doesn't look like it's going to rain. <laughs> hope not anyways. So let me tell you about Albert and why he's on the Value in You show today. I actually don't know Albert very well, but my husband took me to a kebab store restaurant deli I don't know what you call it. little tiny place there were like what maybe four seats in there Albert there's not very many if a few tables maybe six seven yeah yeah it's and and it's tight it's they're very close together and the only customers in the store was myself and my husband and Albert and his friend and that was it and it's big enough that if you talk at all everybody's going to hear you so I was not eavesdropping in on Albert, but I heard him say some key words that really caught my attention. And I have to admit, I paid attention and I listened to what he had to say. And I thought, man, this guy right here, he is living what he's believing. And I love that. And that's why I titled this one, It's More Than Religion and Spirituality. And we're going to talk about that. But before we go any further, Albert, I'd like you to kind of introduce yourself. Let, let our audience know who you, who you are and what you do and, and what you're all about. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so as, as an awesome host, I just uh, described, my name is Albert Missa III. Uh, I'm currently living in Texas right now. I live uh, in a small town called Bertram, Texas. Um, it's close to like Round Rock. It's, I would say, the next biggest city uh, where I'm located in. Um, I'm originally from California. I grew up in California for about 17 uh, years with my family, my parents, my, my little sister. And we got the call from God to, to move to Texas, which was a surprising thing when I was 16, 17 years old, because I oh. didn't know one in Texas. So wow. God calls us out here to Texas, and we've been here ever since in every there's small part of towns. You know, we went we lived in at Dallas for a little bit, uh also in a city in Colleen, closer to, to Temple as well. And lived in, in, in every little small little city, and we have finally established ourselves now in Bertram because we have property here. And we be able to build a house here and kind of start our like forever home of roots here. So um, long journey uh, to get me from California, but I'm here in Texas. And um, currently, uh, as far as my job is concerned, I work in Round Rock. I'm a, I'm a check-in person for a clinic. So if and when you got to do appointments uh, in Round Rock, you see my friendly face. I'm here helping you get into your appointment and making sure everything is okay. So that is a little bit about me. 
Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Oh, dear. Starting to rain a little bit. I hope it doesn't get worse. Hopefully. <laughs> okay. Life happens, you know, <laughs> whether you're outside or inside. Um, the reason I'm outside is because the family I'm staying with doesn't have internet service when you just go two feet into the door. But we'll see if it, if it holds out here. Um, so, Albert, you said that God called you. Now, explain that a little bit to us. What does that mean that God called you to do something? And how do you know? You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm sure God told me to do this. And, and I get downloaded from messages from God. And, and what are they all talking about? Absolutely. So I grew up in church my whole life. Um, and my relationship with God definitely grew as I got older. Um, a lot of times I would rely on what I was taught by my parents and learned it from teachers. And I always assumed, you know, oh yeah, God's speaking in a generalistic term. But as I turned to the age, I want to say 13 and 14, I genuinely believe I started hearing the word of uh, God speaking to me. And what that basically means, basically means is, you know, trying to break the Christianese of it down. Um, was I felt like God would give me thoughts uh, to think about and really ponder on uh, what to like a next step, you, you know what I mean? And a lot of times, the way I like to describe it, like, how do I know God is speaking to me, or how do I know, in a sense, how God is speaking to others, is a lot of times what God will ask you to do will be outside your comfort zone, and it will be mm -hmm. something that you wouldn't have thought of. Because I think, in a lot of ways, if we do things within our own reach or, or management, then that's our thoughts, you know, like, because we've done it before, it's a replicated pattern, we could do it again. But when God calls you to do something or gives you a word that's maybe for something you've never done, it then forces you to kind of have a, have a moment of, hmm, I never even considered that. So the way it happened was that, that and at the time I was like 14 or 15 years old, uh, the Holy, Holy Spirit got another name, um, I spoken to my dad and, and challenged him, hey, I wanted you to take your whole family to Texas. And so my dad and my mom were gung-ho about it. They were very excited for, this, for, the, for the, the move. And then when they spoke to me about it, like, hey, how do you feel about us going to Texas? I was a little bit of trepidation. I was like, wait, Texas? I don't really know anyone in Texas. I don't, I, I like my life here. I'm comfortable here. I didn't want to make the jump, you know, so that was where it took a while for God to kind of like talk to me about it. So a lot of times when I say, you know, again, in regards to God talking to us, he brought up Texas more and more and more to me when I wasn't looking for it. Like after that moment, you know, I, now mind you, I lived in, I lived in California for about 14, 15 years. So I'd seen pretty much any and all license plates of California, but for whatever reason, all I could see was Texas. All I could see was, uh, commercial, but all I could see and was bombarded about was Texas. So God was clearly trying to talk to me about, hey, your next step is here. So it took a while for me to, 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 to buy in and, and believe what God was telling me. And it wasn't until I like my last year before we moved, I had a conversation with my youth pastor at the time. We're talking, going back and forth. I'm like, hey, here's my plans. I want to do this. I want to do that. Hey, I'm going to go to San Diego. And he told me very plainly and this is where I know it's from God that God will confirm his word through others. And that was one of the avenues that he did was he spoke to my youth pastor and told me, hey, your time here is done and you need to go to Texas because that's what God is calling you now. And it, I knew it was a hard thing for him to say because 
at the time it was just i was his only faithful leader so it was just me and him running that ministry so in a lot of ways the logistics of it i knew he didn't want to let me go because it was one of those things where i was legitimately the only one that was helping him but for him to, because to push me by faith and encourage me hey take this step and go and trust god even if you don't understand 100 percent what it looks like god's gonna be faithful for what he said so wow and in texas and it's it's been amazing that's that really is amazing you know it's it's now i have to ask you during that time where you know it sounds like you were pretty involved in in reading your bible and active and praying and all of that is that true absolutely um i grew up i grew up um in in church and i grew up you know my i i would consider my faith you know growing up as a kid was um as a kid, I just wanted to have all the information to stand out, to have all the, you know, so I knew all the scriptures and I knew all the stories to stand out to show how, how smart I was, right? But as I became 13 and 14, as I started getting older and really being challenged in my faith on my youth pastors, um, that's when I took ownership of it and really began to study for me. Because when I realized my relationship with God was truly my own and not just something that my parents gave to me, something that my right. pastors gave to me, it was something that I would have to cre create and walk in every single day of my life. So now I had to. So that was when I was in praying and truly seeking God about this Texas um, word. Because I'm going to interrupt for just a minute, Albert. I want you to go ahead and keep talking. It's starting to rain, so I'm going to have to move inside. But keep talking. And yes. I love what you said was that when you took ownership of your relationship with God, it was no longer you going to church with your parents and doing doing what was expected of you, but you took ownership of it. I love that. And, and keep talking about that part. Absolutely. So, again, as I got older and I, I, I attended my youth services and being challenged to take ownership of it, I then began to investigate the scriptures and investigate this word that God had given me because I didn't ever want to take a word lackadaisically or assume it was from God because I wanted to investigate and make sure. So I went to leaders, I went to friends, I went to my parents and I just prayed and asked God, God, are you really calling me to Texas or am I trying to, you know, avoid it? Am I trying to go around it? Like, what is the truth yeah. of the matter? And again, God had just confirmed to me over and over again that Texas was where I was going to be. And Specifically, God and God words I got that in Texas was where I was going to start my ministry. I was going to find my wife there, and a lot of of uh, things in my life was going to be set and in stone, and being the fruit that I'm going to see was going to come through Texas. And I didn't see it at first. You know, being 16, 17 years old, receiving a word, a life changing kind of word of moving after living in a state you have been for the rest of your whole life, it's kind of crazy to consider that you would move after you know. Because, you know, growing up in that state, I had I I experienced California in, in a lot of ways and it was awesome and stuff. I felt like, okay, I'm now gonna enter the phase where I can really do more and mention really explore. But now that was gonna be changed to now to go to a whole different environment, a whole different culture setting, everything, because Texas and California are two completely different states and it in everything in regards to how it's functioning, the people, and it was gonna be a culture adjustment for me. So it was one of those things where I had to really ask God in prayer. I'm like, God, is this what you really want me to do? And again, a lot of times to encourage other believers and even new believers who feel, you know, ever like, how do I know God's word is speaking to me? Well, a lot of times it'll, 
make our flesh, again, another churchy term, ourself um, uncomfortable in a lot of ways. A lot of like, I wouldn't normally do that. But there's something healthy when we're pursuing something that kind of challenges us a little bit. And yeah. that was one of the things where I knew when that was happening. And like, God is trying to test my faith in this moment. Like, am I willing to go? You know, because God can't do great things in someone's life if they're not willing to take the step of faith to make those the, in, in the small things in their life. Like before I can take you to do this amazing thing in your career, in your life, could you trust me enough that I love you enough to lead you into a new place where I can see the most growth in your life? And that can only happen when you take a step of faith. And that's- I love what, that. I love that so much. I love what you said was, and it's not just, you know, I want you to go here, but do you trust me enough to know that, that I love you so much that I'm going to bring something good into your life? And, um, you know, if you're not typically looking at religion or, or studying God or whatever, it's not, it's not just a place you go to or a, a thing you read, but it's, it's definitely a relationship between you and and God our Father at least the way that you and I I address it and I like what you said get uncomfortable take that first step if you're starting a business if you're writing a book if you're being an entrepreneur who is known for taking risks you have to get out of your comfort zone to go forward Um, it's it's uh it's just a fact of life if you want to move forward if you want to get at a higher level. Um, if you want to do those great things you've always talked about, you have to take that first step. And that first step is scary and uncomfortable. Now we're going to take a little break. I love what you said, Albert. Thank you so much for explaining that so well. Um, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're actually going to see what Webster says about religion and spirituality and what um, some other places say about it too. Um, so let's uh, let's go ahead and go on break and and when we come back we'll talk more with Albert and I thank you for listening today on the Value and You podcast and be sure and check out my website www.lskirkpatrick.com. Got some great information there. Have some courses on there, some trainings, and all of my books are on there. And I have two new ones coming out, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and like my cup said, what did, where did I put it? Write your own story and, and let's get your story written. Everybody has something inside of them that needs to come out. Let's find what your purpose is and let's go to break. And thank you. We'll see it right after the break, Albert. <laughs> awesome. You've completed college or university or are working hard in your career. Perhaps you decided to be a stay-at-home mom. Perhaps you're wondering if who you really are got lost somewhere along the way. Asking, is this all there is? You know you were meant for more. Or were you? Yes. We each have a purpose in life, and that purpose can be fulfilled. It doesn't matter if you are 18 or 80. You matter in this world, and especially in your world. Tune in to The Value in You Show with your guiding coach and mentor, Alice Kirkpatrick. Ellis will help you find your purpose. Listen for The Value in You Show with Ellis Kirkpatrick each Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? 
Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Value in You show with Ellis Kirkpatrick. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to valueinyoupodcast at gmail.com asking how to participate in the program. Now, back to the show. We have a lot of fun on breaks. You know, I'll show you Inspired Choices Network on the cell phone because you can reach it that way. Can't show you on laptop because that's what I'm talking on. But um, yeah, it's just, this is a great network. Uh, everyone is real comfortable uh, to work with and I, I just enjoy it so much. Um, so uh, let's go on to talk about religion and spirituality. The name of the show is It's More Than Religion and Spirituality. Albert gave a good presentation of that, um, talking about how he hears the calling of God and that that it's, what did you say, Albert? It was, um, you took ownership of it. That's what it was. You took ownership of your religion. So let's talk about what is religion. Um, it's a set of beliefs, values, and practices based on the teachings of a spiritual leader. What is spirituality? Many people identify as spiritual, but not religious. That's what psychology today says. Webster's dictionary says, affecting the spirit, ecclesiastical, related and joined in spirit, relating to uh, supernatural beings or phenomena, related to sacred matters, such as songs. And I don't think a lot of people think about songs, you know, they think of the religious songs like, like, um, you know, just as I am, uh, uh, amazing grace, things like that. But even a lot of, of songs of our lives are, are spiritual based. Um, I think if you listen to songs from around the 1600s, 1700s, you probably hear more of it then, even if it's um i can't think of the word i want to say you know uh you go into the different cultures and you hear the spirituality there um and i want to talk about how life can get super exciting <laughs> and life can get really messy mm -hmm. life can be victorious <laughs> and life can be what do you do? No. What do you have for your foundation to hold on to and move forward during this time? And for me, and Albert, I'll let you say what it is for you. For me, it's religion and spirituality. To me, they go together. They're the very being of who I am. When I was nine years old, I made the choice to um, 
become a Christian. And, and the way I did it was I asked Jesus into my heart. I'd heard about being a changed person and I wanted to be changed from that little brat that I was, the one who didn't listen to parents, who stole things and broke things along my siblings, who said hate things to kids at school that I didn't like or were being mean to me. And I didn't like who I was. And at nine years of age, I heard that I could be a new creation. And that's what I wanted. And um, I raised my hand. You know, we were, I was at an after-school program. And I raised my hand. And every night, I, I raised it and raised it. And at the end of the week, teacher, you know, asked my mom to say and said, you know, I don't think she understands what's going on. And I, you know, at that time, children are seen, not heard. So you don't just butt in that I did. I blurted in. I said, I do too understand. Of course, you know, I get the look like how rude, but they said, okay, explain to us. So I did. And it was obvious I did understand. They said, well, why do you keep raising your hand? Then? I said, because I don't feel that change in me and I want that change. And they didn't know what to do. So they said, well, maybe you should ask the preacher of the church to come. And we had started going to church as a family. It wasn't something that we started right away. Um, I know a lot of times my parents had us kids go to church and they stayed home and sometimes we just went and did things instead. Um, but the preacher did come and talk. And by the time he asked me if I was ready to pray, I was so ready. I was already smiling. I was already starting to feel that change, but I knew I wanted a complete change. So I did pray. And when I was done, I had the biggest smile on my face and that smile stayed for a lot of years um so for me it's not something i do on sundays or something i read when i'm in trouble or i can't figure things out it's a basic part of everything that i do so albert for you what do you do or what do you have as a foundation to hold on to when things get messy, when life is a struggle, when it's good and exciting? I would have to say uh, a similar answer, in, and I'll word it a little bit differently. It's my relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, talking to the point of what you said about religion and spirituality, I believe both those terms are merged when you understand the foundation of having a relationship with God. Because um, I think sometimes, and I, and I, I want to make this, because I'm an ash person, but I want to make this as easy for someone who doesn't know any much much about God, because I think when they come to church and they hear about God, they're intimidated by the, everyone's other like devotion and understanding of God. It's like I don't even know where to start. So I want to make this as simple as I can for the, the person who knows God for for the for that would understand when I use my churchy terms, and for someone who doesn't know God. And the word I'm going to describe it as a relationship. Um, Religion will be the term because there's different uh, um, denominations, different terms of religion for all worldwide cultural um, understanding, backgrounds, and setting. And spirituality um, can be understood as, again, understanding that there's more inside of you than just a human innate being of who you are, of, of deep sadness, deep gladness, deep sorrow. And understanding those emotions, I would say that would be a kind of a great way to explain spirituality. And then again, why I explained the, the merging of the two relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, for, for my life, 
when I understood, and again, take book going back to that principle of taking ownership of my relationship with Jesus Christ, when I understood that this was more than just a, a Sunday attendance only, but it wasn't any day that it was why and encountering God and bringing these up as a legitimate understanding and questions I would bring to God, I then understood it was a relationship with God. Because I think sometimes we treat God or whatever, um, you know, um, figure, figure you're, you're believing in, we treat it like as a genie of like, I'll come to you when I need you and I'll let you, I'll set you back down when I don't. And a lot yeah, of times- genie in the bottle. And it's like, yeah, that's not the best way to approach it. <laughs> no, this is this is a lifestyle change. And the reason why I say that, and sometimes it's, it's intimidating, it's like, this is when, you know, when you believe in God and you believe that Christ died on the cross for you and that you're saved and he saved you from, from sin, this is now calling you to a lifestyle change of devotion to him. Now, God is not calling you uh, or God is calling you um, to holiness and a change of lifestyle, but he understands you're going to make mistakes. And because of that, that's why he enters into a relationship with you on the daily. So a great way I like to explain it is like working out. Um, whenever you go to the gym, there's always someone physically just a specimen of just a, a pure health. There are muscles everywhere. They're like, they're, and, and you look at that, like, wow, that's something you want to attain and you want to be that one day. And then you see some other people who are, you know, they're working, they're working on their bodies like that, but you can tell that this change is happening. Right, right. And then there's some people who truly like, like myself, when they go in, that doesn't really have a, a foundation in, in, in fitness and is trying to learn. And everyone is in the gym, but in different phases of their life. And they're all doing the exact same thing, maybe in different steps. Some people are doing CrossFit. Some people are lifting. Some people are running. Some people are doing this. And when you have that understanding of like that relationship with God, when you enter into that relationship with God, you're going to be in a different phase than everyone else. But I think sometimes we see that when we step in, we're waiting for that 100% transformational moment of, oh, man, my life changed. I, I, don't, I don't have to feel the urge to sit anymore. I don't have the urge to anything. I'm now perfect in AP. But just like working out, as easy and, and the motivation to get yourself in a better body, mentally, physically, and spiritually, as soon as you step out and you smell that drive through and you smell those restaurants, how quickly, how quickly do we forget all of the work we just put into working out. That is why it is a lifestyle change. Because when you commit to a, a change in your life, and going back to the topic of faith, when you make a lifestyle change that I'm going to serve God and pursue Him wholeheartedly with all my life, then it could then it, then it, then it requires all your life. So some things that you used to do when you were you know um, younger, you may not be able to do now as you're older. And it's not to say that God says these things to like I'll oh, be a, a rule master. But he says this as great guidance for your life. And a great way you see that is in the Bible. And I like how you brought the, the, the um, idea of songs, you know, of like songs uh, and, um, portray uh, a certain part of our spirituality and our understanding and in, in everything, whether it's in the world and in God. And a great perfect example of that was David. If you read the book of oh, Psalms, yeah. it is filled with songs from David. And a lot of them are songs that glorify God and bring his name to the highest and the utmost praise. But then there's Psalms that talks about the bitterness of life and talks about how he, he's asking and trying to find God in the moments where he feels utterly alone. And we're talking about King David, the person who was so close to God's heart. If Bible says he, David was a man after God's own heart. So if anyone should know who God was and where he was at in his life, it should be David. But even David 
We're talking about how in the in the Psalms, Lord, where are you? I can't sense you near me. My enemies are around me. They're parade over me and I can't seem to find you. And that should be a great encouragement to us knowing that whether we go through the valleys, the valleys or the mountaintops, God is faithful and consistent to be with us through it all, through the whole transition of life, yeah. of when we're at our utmost peak of life and when we're at our points where we need him and we desperately know it. Because I believe in my, our hearts in regards to our faith in God, everyone desires to know him, but not everyone desires to have the devotion and the work to do it. Almost yeah. like again, working out. Everyone wants to be healthy. Everyone, no one, if you ask someone, hey, would you like to be? No, everyone wants to be healthy, but to do the work that requires to be healthy, that's what separates the people who treat their treat God as a genie and who treats God as a father in a, in a big relationship term. That's very well put. I really appreciate the way you said that. What a good analogy, too. And it's it's true. And and we notice that if we stop working out. And it's like, okay, I missed the gym today, or I missed it this week. I'll get it later. I'll go walk extra. You start feeling yourself become weaker. I'm sorry, I have a really hard time I had just discovered it a couple of weeks ago. And it's that God daily carries your burdens. So when you're going through tough time, when you're struggling with with things remember that God daily wants to and is carrying your burdens and you got to just give them over to him so your load can be lighter and we're going to go to break we'll come back I've got a couple of, of abstracts uh, one abstract from the paper and one uh, message from a website that I really want to share with you and I thought it was quite interesting so we'll go to break and then we'll come back and have more conversation with Albert. You've completed college or university or are working hard in your career. Perhaps you decided to be a stay-at-home mom. Perhaps you're wondering if who you really are got lost somewhere along the way. Asking, is this all there is? You know you were meant for more. Or were you? Yes. We each have a purpose in life, and that purpose can be fulfilled. It doesn't matter if you are 18 or 80. You matter in this world, and especially in your world. Tune in to The Value in You Show with your guiding coach and mentor, Alice Kirkpatrick. Alice will help you find your purpose. Listen for The Value in You Show with Alice Kirkpatrick each Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is the Value in You Show with Ellis Kirkpatrick. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
You can also send an email to valueinyoupodcast at gmail.com asking how to participate in the program. Now, back to the show. Hi, well, you're making an impact, Albert. I just got a couple of messages that uh, this guy's good, very well-spoken and powerful. Albert Meza, thank you so much for being here. I want to, um, (laughs) oh, this is great. I don't know if I finished telling the story. I think I did about, and I'll just do a little recap in case you you missed the first part. Um, But I actually met Albert just by hearing him speaking in a a little small restaurant we were in. And I walked up to him and I said, would you like to be on my podcast? And I don't typically do this, but I was just, you know, you talk about the hand of God. You talk about the Holy Spirit moving in you. I just had this compelling whatever was inside of me that said, you've got to talk to Albert or you've got to talk to this young man. You've got to see if he'll he'll come on your podcast. And it's like, I have never asked a complete stranger before to do that, but I just really loved what I heard that it came straight from his heart and um, and I think it's important that we listen to those nudges you know whatever you want to call them downloads and and act upon them and I'm so glad I did Albert is a wonderful young man I love to hear the things that he's doing so <laughs> now that I said that let's let's go on to the paper uh, this is an abstract from a paper uh, by Jim I. Rim and all, September, October issue, 2019. And this talks about the medical and the scientific part of religion and spirituality. Religion and spirituality have been prominent aspects of most human cultures throughout the ages. Religion and spirituality experience has specific neurobiological correlates, and these are correlates that are distinct from non-religious and spiritual counterparts. And I thought that was interesting. Then they went on to say the findings indicate several brain regions potentially associated with religion, spirituality, and behavior. And it talks about how it's not there in non-religion and spiritual development and behaviors. Um, The paper is titled Current Understanding of Religion, Spirituality, and Their Neurobiological Correlates. Um, And again, September, October 2019. I just found that very, very interesting. And I thought, well, I wonder if there's any opinion. says, for centuries, humankind has sought to understand and explain the meaning of life. Of course, the first thing that comes to my mind is the meaning of life, uh, the little parody that was made. And uh, anyways, the paper goes on to say, religion in one form or another talks about um, archaeological digs and talks about social conflict, that these are all involved in that. And this is the quote. Um, that I really like what it said. To understand a culture, 
sociologist must study its religion. And I'm going to read that one more time. To understand a culture, sociologists study its religion. And then it asks, what is religion? Pioneer sociologist Neil Durkheim, I hope I said Durkheim, um, described it with the statement that it, religion, consists of that surpass the of our knowledge. And that was in 1915. Article continues, some people associate religion with places of worship, synagogue or church. Others associate with practice and meditation and still others with a concept like their daily lives like or sin. And I want to inspect in there that like Albert and Ellis have set guidance for our lives. All of these people agree that religion is a system of beliefs, values, and practices concerning what a person holds sacred or considers to be spiritually significant. And I thought that was pretty significant on its own. Um, I'm fascinated by how our brain is is activated in several regions when it comes to religion and spirituality so there's got to be something there inside of us that draws it to us um and and i like it that it's there in every culture all throughout history um there's always some kind of religious aspect and i know i kind of sprung that on you albert by reading those but what what are you thinking about right now? What's going on um, as far as as listening to what that's being said? What what are you? I'm not surprised at all by what you read. Um, <laughs> I wish I could ask facts, kind of like oh, it's let's build on top of this talking point. But to talk about you know the studies that was talked about in this article about like what happens in your brain of how different points are activated when you are engaging in such a way. I believe the biggest thing that we can draw from that was community. You know, church is one of those uh, elements where I truly believe as a follower of God, that church is vital. It's very vital to the sense of, of not only going there for relationship and for God to grow, but also your, your relationship with others to grow. And I think sometimes we treat church as a, as a kind of a selfish uh, uh, transaction. Well, let me get what I need. Let me say what I need to say in regards to prayer and let me avoid everyone else. And God did not design us to be that way. God designed us to have connection with people and community with people. That's why there's very specific words and standards in, in the Bible where it talks about, you know, love one another, you know, uh, and love your brother as you love yourself, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Those things can't happen unless connection happens. And that can't happen unless you have a, have a place to meet and church as much as you know, we go to these buildings, church is more than just a building, it is an entity, it's an organism. So what that means is church should be happening, you know, in regards to you meeting with God, having a place of worship outside of the building itself. Like you should have a go to have a community, a body of believers, friends that you can go to and talk to about everything about life because the Bible everything in your life. Gym example that I talked about earlier. Gym was very isolated to your physical body and how more physical state of well of health and being. 
the dynamic where you know we're encountering God. There's in that Bible, and, and there's so many different other people walks of life that can be find someone that has been in your situation, and you can find clarity and wisdom in that. But you in that aspect. So that's where you know when you're talking about the article. Different parts of your brain is activated. I believe it's also as well of, of like giving your burdens unto God. You know, when you bring those, you know, finding others who not only believe in what you believe in, but finding others that can prayer, but in life, that's so much easier. Not easy where it would be pain-free and you would never encounter any other um, trial or tribulation in your life. But it makes it easier to know that someone walks alongside you. And a great scripture I can quote for that was in Proverbs, where the Bible says, friends come and go, but brothers are born in time of adversity. And those moments don't come unless you have, have a community. So I encourage you wherever you're at, you know, in, in your church life like that, if you know God from, from the top down, all the scriptures, everything in between, find someone that you that, that you don't know, that knows something like you, and pour your wisdom out to someone who doesn't know and to someone who truly doesn't know anything about the Bible and goes to the church for the very first time, wide eyed, like, where do I go? Know that, that trusting God, that when you go to a church, God would bring you someone that would help walk alongside you and be able and be, don't be afraid to ask questions. We, we And that's why we go through our life. We have our story, we have testimonies because we have the ability to share with each other, build each other up in the faith and walk this out authentically because Everyone, whether you're religious or not, can smell fake. And we can't thrive <laughs> or be healthy when we do that. So the best thing I can encourage you to do is when you go to a church, if you don't know anything about God and you truly want to know, I encourage you. Not maybe not in the middle of service, but afterwards go to someone and say, Hey, I don't know anything about the Bible. Would you be able to talk to me about it? Or I don't. And, and again, I'll flip the other side. If you do know. Have the ability and the courage to share with someone because your wisdom, however you know old, old you are, God has value in that. And I'm being reminded of a story of this very influential woman in my life who, if it wasn't for her initial sowing a seed, I don't know if I would be here today. So at my church in California, uh, there was um, a winter camp that happened. And I, as a student, I really wanted to go. I was very excited. Wanted to go to my parents and stuff and, and tell them, hey, I really want to go and go be a part of this camp. I don't have any, I don't have any money. Can we, can we do something about it? And my parents, you know, raising my other sisters and stuff like that, they both told me, Albert, I don't know if it, if it might be able to happen. You're, you're going to have to pray and see if God would go to provide this for you. So I was bringing, you know, taking my, my ownership of my faith, praying. I see God. And who sat beside me was an older woman named Miss Donna. Now, me, Miss Donna, I didn't know her a, a lot uh, talking. I, I would just, you know, you know, listen to service and try to be attentive. But she would ask me questions like, hey, what'd you think about the sermon? Or, hey, what'd you think about this? And we would go mm -hmm. back and forth and stuff. And she would really genuinely try to have a relationship with me. And one of the weeks uh, she asked me about winter camp, she asked me, hey, are you going to that uh, uh, camp? And I had told her, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to see if I get a chance to go. Because I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to go, but we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm going to give it to God. Well, two weeks later, after one of the services, she approaches me and approaches my father and tells me, hey, I wanted to tell you something that God had, had spoken to my heart, that he wanted me to pay for your camp. He wanted me to pay for you to go. And I was beyond floored, beyond like amazed. I'm like, I'm 
very thankful that you even consider to pay for me. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So she pays for the camp. Um, and about two weeks after the camp, two or three weeks later, she passes away. Now, at that camp, Miss uh, LS, I found out at that camp, you know, being my very first time encountering God in a deeper, mightier way, that I was going to be called to be a pastor, that God was calling me into ministry. And that would have never happened if someone like Miss Donna had not sown a seed. So I want to use that testimony as a story to encourage others who are older, who feel like they're at the very end of their life. As long as you have blood in your heart and you have air in your lungs, you still have value and you still have purpose to share the wisdom that you've been given, share the resources you've been allocated and make an impact in the next generation. Because the next generation is looking to the past of how can we continue and take this baton and run further than, we, than you guys have ever been. And that's how we do this life correctly and, and rightly. So that wouldn't have happened if she didn't sow that seed. So I want to encourage uh, people of any generation, the next generation of, of, of young believers that are very young, um, don't let age define you. Like if God's giving you a word to say now, if God's giving you a song to write now, if God's giving you a word now, a book to write now, write it. Because God is not going to waste his words for no other reason. So when he speaks to you, he sees value in you, and he wants you to approach him with that and trust him with that. And if you're older, again, you have so much wisdom to share. You have so much to share. I want to encourage you, please, please, as, as part of the next generation to come, please share. Please invest and know that you have much value in your life. And we, as the, as the next generation coming up, we thank you for your commitment to be influential in our lives. I just want to, again, um, I think while Ellis is getting her audio uh, together, I just want to, again, just encourage you guys. I encourage anyone who is of old, who is of young, you have value. And God sees you where you're at and wants to know that and let you know that today. So whether you've had this thought for the rest of your life when you were younger or God just popped the thought of saying, hey, I love you, I want to know you. He want this. Let this be a great reminder to you that you have value. And not to be cheesy of like going back to the title value in you. I'm not surprised that this podcast is talking about value to you. Cause again, this is a great reminder for everyone who's listening. There's value in you and God sees you where you're at and wants to know you. Thank you, Albert, so much for taking over. I hit a button and didn't even realize I'd done it. And I had to have, have the production crew help me get it unmuted. Um, so we're going to go on break right now and we'll come back and I'm going to touch a little bit more on what Albert said about um, anyone of any age can talk about this. So we'll be right back <laughs> to the Value in You podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You've completed college or university, or are working hard in your career. Perhaps you decided to be a stay-at-home mom. Perhaps you're wondering if who you really are got lost somewhere along the way. Asking, is this all there is? You know you were meant for more. Or were you? Yes. We each have a purpose in life, and that purpose can be fulfilled. It doesn't matter if you are 18 or 80. You matter in this world, and especially in your world. Tune in to The Value in You Show with your guiding coach and mentor, Alice Kirkpatrick. Alice will help you find your purpose. 
Listen for the Value in You Show with Ellis Kirkpatrick each Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Value in You Show with Ellis Kirkpatrick. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to valueinupodcast at gmail.com asking how to participate in the program. Now, back to the show. Oh, and welcome back to the show. We're here with my guest, Albert Massa, and we're talking about um, it's more than religion and spirituality. Um, I want to give you a little heads up on our next week's show, which is called How to Survive the Holidays. And uh, I would like everybody to dress in costume. I'm not going to have a special guest next week. It's just going to be me and I will be in costume too. But please come to the show um, asking questions, you know, bring bring your, your questions for how do I survive the holidays? What do I do? What about this? What about that? How do I keep the fun in it when I'm running ragged trying to get everywhere? Um, you know, holidays start off pretty much in the fall with with Halloween and we'll talk just a little bit about that but I really want it to be a be a fun show um, and and just before we went to break Albert talked about you know if you're you're old don't be afraid to share your wisdom I also like the verse in the Bible that says if you're young don't be shut down by the older people go ahead and speak your mind because what you have inside is coming from God's spirit. And, you know, when you really think about that, that the creator of our universe has given you his spirit inside of you to give you wisdom, to guide you, to help you through everything. And I didn't until just this moment realize that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's like his spirit is in me. I mean, I've always known that, but it just kind of like, I'm just starting to understand just how impactful that is. Um, so, Albert, what do you think about young people speaking up? I mean, I know I'm old with my white hair and you're older now, but, you know, I'm talking about kids that are 12 years old that are in school. Um, you know, one of the big things that that hinders a lot of kids in school is they don't want to be tased teased we don't want to be tased either um but we don't want to be teased we don't want to be ostracized you know we want to get along with everybody especially going into teenage years we don't want to be the weird kid you know and things like that um I'll, I'll tell you with me you know and I was in about that age back in the late 60s early 70s and I didn't really care because I knew what happened to me and I wanted everybody else to have that amazing feeling. Um, I think a bumper sticker I saw uh, a few years ago said, I'm not going to beat you over the head with my Bible. But man, you are so missing out. And I love that because there's so much that you're missing out on. You know, I see it with, with my cousins and we talk about this. And, and it's like, how do you stay so happy through all of the crap you went through? 
And it's like, because I don't want to miss out on all the wonderful things that I'm getting from loving God and listening and sharing with others and going forward and, and letting that light inside of me shine. You know, when you try to hide it, you smother yourself. So enough about me. Now you talk. <laughs> no, you're, you know, I, I, I love hearing it. Um, my perspective on anyone in the, in the adolescent youth age of 12 to 18, man, what a such an influential period in our life that I feel truly when a young person is connected with God and God has given them words to say, I feel in a lot of ways that there should be a time for us as older people to give them an opportunity to express themselves and to hear what God is speaking in their life. Because oftentimes, you know, when a teenager is committed just to doing something, they give everything they have to do it. And whether it's in sports, yeah. in arts, in theater, unbridled passion to do whatever their heart ever so desires and as we get older I think that's why we have a lot of sorry I did mean to interrupt because I know our time's getting short but I think that's why we have a lot of of seniors and songwriters and we we have this this Christian music now that was never available when I was a kid and it was just starting to become available when my kids were were kids and growing up and it's because you've you've just got this fire inside of you you've got to get out and share and you want to give hope to people and and you don't want them to feel the pain that they're in and go ahead and finish no no, no you're you're okay so <laughs> a lot of times as we become an adult we temper and we mm. we clip a lot of what we are because expect yeah and we begin to bring our passion down and bring up expectation because what we see is what is fact. But when someone in that youth range gets to serve the fire of God and a word of God's placed in their life, they don't even look at what reality is, but they look and feel what's inside of their passion in, in regards to Christ. And they want to go as far and wide as they can to tell others about him. And I think they're almost the best candidates to be a launching point for their life. But a lot right. of times as we've gotten older and wise, we've told them, oh, wait until you get more experience. Wait till you know. True, nah. with, true wisdom, like I always have to say the word wisdom is knowledge applied because you can have oh, all I like the that wisdom is knowledge applied. I haven't heard have that all before. The, yeah, we've, you we've got just 30 seconds, Albert. So tell people real quick where they can find you. How can they connect Absolutely. with you? Absolutely. Um, if you'd like to find me, I am on Instagram at warrior for God underscore nine or not, uh, warrior for God 99 underscore for life. My Facebook is Al Mays the third. If you desire to have a, a, a conversation with myself, I would love to get a chance to know you. This has been such a great, tremendous opportunity. And I hope this impacted you and really inspired you and encouraged you for your life. Me too. Me too. Thank you so much for being here. And you can always get a hold of me on Facebook. Thank you for listening Instagram, to the Value in You show. Ellis returns Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember that you have great value. You are worthy. And you are enough.